0: Rising sea levels, extreme weather patterns, extinctions of species. Our planet needs protecting. I'm Adam Vaughan, the Environment Editor for The Times, and this is Planet Hope from The Times, in partnership with Rolex and its Perpetual Planet Initiative. In this podcast, we hear from leading experts from around the world who are committed to finding solutions. These explorers, scientists, entrepreneurs and citizens are committed to a common goal, to protect our home, Earth. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Welcome to The Times. To find out more, head to thetimes.co.uk.
0: Every goal, every game, everywhere. The Times and the Sunday Times. Now with goals.
2: Hello and welcome to The Game Podcast. I'm Gabriel Marcotti and I'm back. Although, Alison, I understand you did an outstanding job. In the studio this week, in addition to uh, the aforementioned Allison, we have Rory K. Smith. And down the line, following the England team, we have the excellent Matt Hughes. This was an international week, which some people find utterly deflating. Other people kind of enjoy. And uh, let's start with England and San Marino. Matt, I'm going to start with you. No real surprise about the score. It was 6-0. I think the most exciting thing pre game was everybody from San Marino pretending to act really, really offended when Roy Hodgson made that stupid <laughs> crack about the England cricket team being able to play football. There's not much to say, right? Job done, 6 0, qualification, all good, right?
1: Pretty much. I think in those, these mismatch games, all you can look for is individuals to take the opportunity, play well, impress the manager. And in that context, I thought Shelby played pretty, pretty well, passed the ball was interested, busy. thought Barclay does what Barclay can do against poor teams. And I was a bit disappointed with Jamie Vardy. He didn't really take his chance. So, a bit of a mixed bag. But as you say, the most important thing is they're qualified and now Roy can spend the next nine months fine-tuning things and hoping and planning to avoid unmitigated disaster in the finals, which is what normally happens.
2: I, I was struck by Xavi because I, I think he's had a very good start to the season. And if Hodgson's game is going to be predicated on having a, a passing midfielder in in front of the back four with maybe, you know, two guys around him who are more, more energetic like Henderson and, and Delph or, or whatever. You know, Shelby's a good alternative to Wilshire, who's always hurt, and Carrick, who's getting older day by day, yeah, minute by well, minute. You, you,
3: you, I really One step closer Shel- to the grave. Yeah, I enjoyed Shelby's performance, but I mean, we shouldn't get excited about what you can do against San Marino. On the other hand... It was a a curious match, curious pitch, curious opposition, curious vibe. It was all about Rooney and nothing else. Honestly, I can't remember a team qualifying the first for a major competition and being so downbeat about it. There was very little going on. And Shelby was the only thing about the performance that I thought was interesting, potentially exciting. Well, I know what Walcott can do. I wasn't sure that Shelby would act like that responsible midfielder there to release pace, release talent, create ideas. And he wasn't, like, overexcited, puppy-like. I mean, sometimes for Swansea last season, you felt he was just trying things that were never going to come off and it's he would give away possession or make the wrong decision. He was He was really quite mature and, as I said, interesting. So, albeit it was a curious game and maybe, you know, against better opposition, he might fade or be inhibited. <laughs> that was the only thing worth talking about.
2: Uh, we can either talk about Shelby, Rory, or we can talk about Wayne Rooney getting to forty-nine goals, equaling Bobby Charlton's all-time record, one ahead of Gary Lineker. Judging from you're not, you don't seem particularly excited by either prospect. There's so no, let's... there's
3: no bunting on Rory's shoulders. Is no,
2: there? Uh, I think it's good that Rooney didn't break the record against San Marino. So the usual snipers can't be like, "Ha oh, oh, you broke the record against San Marino I think, as more, if like Charlton was scoring. You know, yeah, it, I, no, yeah, yeah. As I learned, as I learned from watching from watching Allison on television, although it's something not Allison said, but um, there's Martin no need Lippen.
3: to add that Gab You could just let it, <laughs> yeah, yeah. permeate. That I might be well, clever.
2: Twenty of we had this impression of from football in the past, mm. but twenty of Charlton's goals came either against Luxembourg and Luxembourg were really really bad back then, or against other home nations. Who? Yeah, I know there were times when they were good, but most of the time it's been utter draws.
1: Yeah, but I think so. It's not as if because so if scored, always Scotland Scotland won, won the World Cup in 1967, didn't
0: they? They did. Uh, the, yeah, apart more, from Scotland winning the World Cup in 67, more important is the fact that countries like. For example, Turkey at that stage were not the Turkey of today. It wasn't as hard to score against Turkey in 1962 as it is to score against Turkey in 2015 or whatever year it is at the moment. So it's not that. I just think more from his point of view, I think it will mean more to him to score against Switzerland at Wembley, or, or I guess even Estonia at Wembley if he, if he doesn't score tomorrow night and break the record. Then I think it, it would have been a little bit of an anticlimax had he got sort of four against San Marino in front of. Kind of thirty people and their dogs in Ceravalle, and had to do it with as well as a contingent of people shouting, chanting, "No surrender." Right.
2: Ceravalle. It's not. It's not in Spain. Okay. So if Rooney's next two, Rooney turns thirty next month, if Rooney's last two seasons are like his next two seasons, before his thirty-second birthday, he'll be like the fourth or fifth all-time leading goal scorer in all of Europe. He'll be past the sixty-goal mark. He will have broken Peter Shilton's record. He'll have like 129-odd caps. And he still won't even be 32 yet. And in that same time period, he'll probably be Manchester United's all-time leading goal scorer and he will have moved up to sixth place in United appearances. Is this the kind of thing that we're going to, uh, Husey, that we're going to appreciate him more when when he's gone and love him more when he's gone?
1: I think we, I think we will appreciate him more when he's finished playing. I think he will set records that can't will never be broken, but it will take a long, long time to break. I think it will be a long, long time before England produces a striker who's going to score 60, 70 international goals in Charlton's records stood for 47 years. And if you just look at the number of English strikers playing in the Premier League, how difficult it is to break into the top clubs and also the sort of difficulty of prolonging having a long career these days, given the intensity of the fixtures. I think Rooney's record could stand for a very long time. I think he's he's kind of slightly unappreciated. And the record is, as you were alluding to earlier, uses a stick to beat him almost. I don't think it's because of the, who he scored the goals against. I think it's because of his poor tournament record over than 2004. Charlton obviously won a World Cup and played in one of the greatest games ever in 1970. Rooney really just hasn't. That, and that, and that, I think, is what is held against him. So to be remembered as a real great, I think he has to, um, maybe not win a tournament, but light up a tournament and get the nation excited again next summer. Next summer is a great opportunity to do that.
2: Alison, how far back do um, you have to go among England's, English strikers to find a striker better than Rooney?
3: Better in what way? They're all different. In whatever different. way you choose they're to define, oh, they're all
2: different. They're all different, yes, yeah. And, and, and Carl Schutt. Exactly. Would you say Rooney's better than Carl Schutt?
3: Uh, better than
2: better than Lee Chapman.
3: Gary Lineker has got a comparable scoring record. Okay, but do you think he's
2: better? And he's more handsome, but do you think he's better and, and funnier?
3: probably in some weird way, Gary Lineker had a connection mm-hmm. with the fans that Rooney doesn't have. Okay. Maybe he'll do something astonishing right. in the next two years and we just can't stop talking about mm. him.
2: You get the final word on Rooney? Psst,
1: the numbers don't lie. He's, he's, the be- he's, probably the- he's the best striker, certainly the modern era, I think. Not if you just think about it, his longevity is extraordinary. He came through at 17, and he'll be doing it into his injury, notwithstanding, into his mid-late 30s. Lineker and Shearer's international careers, by comparison, were relatively short. Mm. Uh, they didn't... Shearer came in young, but finished very young. Lineker didn't establish himself for well into his 20s and retired relatively young. Uh, so uh, you have to admire Rooney's staying power, really, which is all the more... Um, surprising given we all said when he came through well he he'll be a, a, be a very he'll, he'll be a very kind of old 30 and he'll get fat and he you know all those, those sort of things so he's done, he's done really well and we should uh, respect him for it.
2: There was talk a while back about Roy Hodgson wanting a new deal or maybe being given a new deal can you just update us on this because he's had two major tournaments this will be his third why does he want a new deal or does he want right. a new deal?
1: I Can't think of anyone who has enjoyed the trappings of office more than Roy Hodgson. He loves being the manager. He loves being the manager for the rest of his life. Sort of loves the status. He loves swanning around your way for committees. Loves wearing the blazer. Loves loves having the opportunity to hold court. He even likes talking to the media, which is pretty unusual for any manager these days. <laughs> so yeah, obviously he wants a new contract. I think the FA are taking the sensible view, which is to judge him on the tournament, and he uh, yeah, has to obviously improve on the World Cup to get a new contract. My view is that you probably have to reach the semi-finals, which would be seen as um, England moving on and up, and up the curve and a sort of tangible achievement, given we've been a quarter-final team at best for quite a long time. Uh, there are relatively few alternatives coming through. So Hodgson staying for another two years, taking us to Russia in a, very, in a very pretty straightforward qualifying group, has some appeal. Having said that, if they bomb out in the group or second round I think he'll he'll be gone and we'll be looking he'll either be the continuity candidate of Neville Southgate or the kind of flavour of the month which at the minute is Alan Pardew Gary Monk obviously next summer it could be completely different but um,
3: those are the options I see them at present Matt you sounded quite sneery when you said you'd never met anyone who's enjoying the trappings of office quite so much but isn't it a good thing that the England manager likes being the England manager
1: uh, it is a little bit and I'm probably more serious than I should be. But, oh, yeah, I think I think he likes the trappings more than the job. In some, in some sense, that's
2: what uh, I was getting at. Right. I know you're not an England fan, but hypothetically, if you were, uh, I always find it curious how people you know judge on tournaments and, and whatever else. Uh, I think England played awful football at Euro 2012. I mean, really, really bad. And it's not necessarily his fault because he just got there because of the diabolical person in part in charge of the FA at the time he was appointed didn't give him any time. But then, maybe they were a little better at the World Cup, but they still finished last in a group.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting was not it? I, I take, I take Hughesy's point. I have an enormous amount of respect for everything Hughesy says and does, and so I don't, I don't like disagreeing with him. I can see why the FA attempted to, to judge on the tournaments, but then there's so many variables within a tournament context. So you, It could be that they get drawn in a really hard group, or they, you know, they lose two players through injury, or they get a you know, bad penalty call or a bad Red card or whatever, and that that kind of costs them, that you know their place in the in the knockout stages, or say they you know they happen to get drawn against France or whatever in the in the last sixteen, or, or or Spain or or not Holland but somebody else, and they get knocked out because of you know blah 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 you know it's a, a dodgy penalty or whatever. I, I think you, you have to look at the direction of travel more than anything. To to me, I can understand why the, the FA are holding off. I can I can understand that because of what's what's happened in the past and the long contracts and all that. In 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 light of the fact there's not that many alternatives, it's, it it would be a bit weird to sack Hodgson because England only reached the last 16 and didn't play sort of tiki taka. That would be a weird decision. I think that he's he's qualified well. He's bringing through an, a, a more exciting new team. I don't think they'll win it. I think the semi-finals is probably a push. It would be easier to give him a new contract if they've done well in the tournament. Ultimately, I think you have to look around and say right well if we get rid of Hodgson because he only gets the last 16 or the only gets the quarter-finals Then realistically who might conceivably do any better all those people that that they mentioned before
2: Paju, Monk, Gary Neville, Gareth Southgate. Um, Hughie, I, I have a question for you. How much does Hodgson make?
1: He's paid three million pounds a year. Which
2: Okay, um... so I have a solution here. Give him another two years but say right you're only getting one million pounds A year, because frankly, you've made more than enough money in your life. You're an extremely wealthy man. You love this job. If you win the World Cup, we'll give you a bonus of, or win the Euros, we'll give you a bonus of 5 million. But there's no reason for you to make 3 million pounds a year for a job that you would realistically probably do for free, because you're an old man, you've made your money, you don't need the money, and we'd rather go and spend this money on more playing fields, or maybe saving some of all these jobs that I've caught from the FA. Does that sound like a good plan, Husey? Do you think you'd take it?
1: It doesn't really work like that, does it? And the FA aren't short, really. I know there's a redundancy around the moment, but the FA are not, not short of money. If they want to
2: What do you mean they're not short money? of money? Didn't they lay all those people off to to, to, to make playing fields? Or did, did I read that wrong?
1: Well, they're trying to build more 3G pitches, but I mean, I'm sure there are better ways of saving money than making England managers take a huge pay cut. The England managers always been overpaid, but... In the context of recent ones he's actually paid relatively modestly capello was on about twice as
2: much money yeah no but the thing is you have to pay capello a lot of money to get him you don't necessarily have to pay roy Hodgson a lot of money to have him stick around what what else is he going to do with his life at his age what go manage in saudi arabia i mean so
3: Gab. Mm. you're paying him for all that experience he has managed all over Europe. He he's he's learnt loads it's of languages. He knows how international football you know works. It, he brings it, experience. It looks, it looks and to, to punish him to punish him for oh, yeah, because, having been around a long time and one and, and maintaining enthusiasm is, is well, getting, it's just ages. Okay,
2: listen, do you, do you believe his enthusiasm depends for the job depends on how much money he gets paid?
1: No, but Gab, you're a pretty enthusiastic chap and you yes. clearly love doing the podcast and I'm we pay you for it, do we?
2: Yes, you do.
3: Would you do it if you weren't paid, girl? Okay. Well, first what
2: else of do you all, life? I'm not quite as wealthy well <laughs> as Roy Hodgson. Second of all, I'm not in my 60s like Roy Hodgson. My kids aren't all grown up. I've got school fees and I've got expenses and whatever else. Roy Hodgson, at this stage of his career, does He's not. He's
3: closer to death. And you're not. That is
2: rude. What's he going to do? Like, what is he? Seriously, can, can, can I just say something? This is what, that that extra two million. Okay, I don't really care. It's it's, it's a negotiation, right? In any negotiation, it's compensation. In for any being negotiation, about to die. no, it's not. Stop it. In any, he's not about to die. In any, that's morbid, right? In any negotiation, you you try to get somebody, you pay somebody the as little as possible, while still having him take the job, right? I mean, this is common sense.
1: Proder you... don't work probably don't work for you. Sorry? Probably don't work for you. Yeah. Victorian Millown and Marcotte.
2: <laughs> well, you know what? It's it... <laughs> That that's the whole basis of a market economy. He wants this job. This, He's been around is, the world. Is, do you reckon this is Gab's
0: pitch to take charge of the Times' sort of forthcoming cuts?
2: No, but I mean I don't know I whatever I, with all due respect you're talking about Roy Hodgson here right you're not talking about Jose Mourinho you there's no case fantastic
0: you can make a case for incentivizing his contract more without question that is you a... can
2: make a case for the fact that he loves England he wants to be the England manager there's so no you reason punish to punish him, him for it
0: by taking his money away
2: how we, I, how is it a punishment to be paid a million pounds a year? Plus, say another bonus of however much you want, for, if, you can, if he actually yeah, does you, something. You
0: can apply that logic to all players and all managers; they'd all do it for much less than they do it for now. But the, you, you, it's a it is a basket case of an economy football. But mm. no, well, there, says, sorry.
2: So the, I think that there's a pretty big difference there because if you like when, when, when Wayne Rooney had his contract negotiation with United, if United weren't going to pay him what he wanted to, he would find somebody else who would. Do you really think there's somebody else in the world who would give Roy Hodgson three million pounds yes. a year and he'd be happy to go there?
3: Yeah, yes. another country would, definitely. Yeah.
2: Wales seem to be the, the other big story uh, that they could have qualified if they'd beaten Israel at home, which they didn't, but certainly they come very close. They're very likely to qualify. Everybody seems to be really enjoying this because if they qualify, it'll be Wales' um, first tournament appearance since 1958. And I, I actually watched them and, Alison, it strikes me that It's actually a pretty... I know it started horribly for Chris Coleman, but it's actually a really good team with, like, movable parts working together. Two outstanding players, in in my opinion, and um, Aaron Ramsey and and, and Gareth Bale. A back three. It's kind of cool. It's kind of different, you know?
3: Well, he plays a back three because there's a dearth of practice-central defenders that he can call upon. There's one, though, that Ashley
2: Richards is very tall. So the one guy he has is is tall. Ashley Williams. Yes.
3: Yes. Well, when you said you, they have two um, top-class players, I would include Ashley yeah, Williams William in that. Well. He is, but he then is that would astonishingly make it three. good.
2: Yeah, because you you'd swap Ramsey in for for Ashley. No, you just, no, you you just, just add, add another th- one. You just say three outstanding instead of two. players, Yeah. Okay. That, that, that be realistic, here. but yeah, that's fine. very good. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Well, no. Well. Uh, <laughs> you yeah, know,
2: the same level. Bale and Ashley Williams, sure.
3: Well, I think what there are lots of reasons why the Wales story is 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 a nice warming one. The first is, as you alluded to, that Chris Coleman had a bad start and people were not very enthusiastic about his appointment. But I think anyone who got appointed in the circumstances after Gary Spee's death, there would have been negativity around it and a bit of glumness, so uh, he stuck at it. He's managed to create a means of gelling together things that shouldn't gel together. It doesn't often work when you have such a disparity in... Gareth Bale, Gareth Bale, you know, the the, the most wanted player. Man United, I don't know what Man United would do to get Gareth Bale, but they would do anything, I suspect. You know, he's he's famous, he's international calibre, he's something very special. He plays for Real Madrid. You've got him, and then you've got players that no one's really ever heard of who manage to all rub along together and get on together and work as a team and that's supposed to be one of the most difficult things to do. You're supposed to look at a team like that and think, oh it's jarring, oh oh, he's got no one to pass to and no one's passing to him and it's not working or you end up saying, oh well the star players, you know, they're looking a bit lazy and they're not putting in the graft you need to if you've got a team that have some championship players in it but they all do and I don't know if they just feel particularly Welsh suddenly and they didn't in the past. There's a sense that they belong as a group, they have an identity they work hard for each other and it is really nice to see someone like Gareth Bale. He looks more comfortable playing for Wales than he does for Real Madrid, you, which is odd.
0: If you speak to people around Bale, they say pretty uniformly that, that he really likes the responsibility that comes with being Wales's, like number one guy. He, he, well, he's
2: Rafa's number one guy in Madrid now I as think well. he's been
0: told, Rafa's yeah. been told he's his number one guy. <laughs> no, I think Bale really does enjoy that, that kind of sense that it, it is on him. It might be really, really different if it was just Bale and there was no Ramsey. I take your point that Williams is a different type of top class, but you, they, they are all all three of them are, are key parts of that system. I think if there was no Ramsey, Bale might feel more isolated, but because he's got Ramsey there, I think there's somebody else that he looks at and thinks it's it's not just me who can settle this game. But at the same time, I think he likes the, the fact that it probably will have to be him who settles the game.
2: Hughie, you're sort of Welsh. Is that, that, what, what I'm fascinated by is that the goalkeeper Hennessy. In the last four years, he, he's under contract with Crystal Palace. when, say he plays for Crystal Palace. I think it's I'm saying In the last four years, he's only started fifteen league games, and twelve of those were on loan at Yeovil. And yet, doesn't seem to be a backup. He doesn't seem to mind being a backup at Palace, and he steps in and 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 gets the job done very very well for Wales. Is it because there are no other Welsh goalkeepers, or is it simply, or, or, or is this whole thing that ooh keepers need to play regularly? Is that a bit of a myth?
1: I think it helps. Clearly, with, with goalkeepers in particular, but I, I think the um, remarkable thing that um, Chris Coleman has done, and not just Chris Coleman, Michael O'Neill, Northern Ireland, and it's something Hodgson might have to learn from, is he gets players that aren't playing for the clubs, and he turns international week into kind of the week of their season, really, and they they look forward to it and they prepare for it as if they would the club game. It's not an extra sort of onerous thing they have to do. Like some of the England players in the past have viewed it, and um, they come to, they come to their countries and, and they they really do perform and they and they, they gel together and it says a lot for for the manager really.
2: That's a really good parallel. That's a, you see that with a lot of the the South American teams, not Argentina and Brazil, but the other ones. Like this is you know there's those those like trips every six weeks back home to play for your country are kind of like. Their absolute highlights, and you've got superstars coming together with with lower division guys. I wonder, Roy. I know you spent quite a bit of time, I think, with uh, with the Wales team or in Wales.
0: I have I have been to the Brecon Beacons, yeah. All
2: right. And uh, what strikes me though is that there's a core of like eight or nine players who are sort of all roughly the same age, mm-hmm. sort of that 24 to 27 um, age group. Uh, in fact, I think Ashley Williams is the only one who's substantially older. Does that also matter? The fact that all these guys presumably started. They all played at youth level together and they all kind of.
0: Yeah, there's a lot. There's there's actually quite a lot who've got. It's like a club team, basically. Yeah, I think the fact they're all the same age obviously just logically helps them have more in common. And then I think there's a few. Is it Chris Gunter and Ramsey who who have played together ever since they were kids? It might be Gunter and Bale, I can't remember. It's one of the two. There's a few little things like that. They all kind of came through same age, same age group teams, some of them from the same sort of grassroots sides. The thing that I think is really interesting with Wales is, do you think Ryan Giggs? I know it was more difficult to qualify for other tournaments in the past because Michel Platini has... Created this wonderful expanded Euros, which we were all on board with from the start. I was. That's really. So was I. That has really. That has really helped the entire continent. It dilutes the quality. For. Um, but do you think Giggs looks back on all those sort of dodgy injuries that he he pretended he had to get out of international duty with a bit of regret?
3: I'm not sure, Gigs. Was the driving force behind those injuries. But
0: do you, yeah. do you think then he looks back, let me re- rephrase the question, do you think he looks back <laughs> at, on all those dodgy injuries he was told he had
3: <laughs> to play <laughs> yes. international
0: duty with, with regret? Does it, Wales 10 years ago, the, the quality of player, if you equate Giggs with Bale, isn't vastly superior to what they had 10, 15 years yeah, but ago? You
2: with all due respect to Ryan Giggs, are you really going to equate Gigs with Bale?
0: I think Giggs it is his peak with Bale, yeah, absolutely. The, Bale might be better, might be a bit better, I'm not sure, but the, there's no vast difference between Giggs at his absolute best and Gareth Bale, no.
3: He was a superstar, Giggs.
2: was an extraordinary footballer. It, Gareth just, Bale just, moved for a world record fee and scored like yeah, 25 yeah. goals in the top flight how and did, whatever. How much did Inter wow. offer for Giggs? I have no idea how much Inter offered for Giggs, but a price, stupid money at the time. Yeah. But I think as as, as tremendous as, as Giggs was in his, in his pomp, I... I yeah, I'm going to stop now because then I'll get I'll get hate mail. Oh, but how can you no, say no, 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 no. Giggs wasn't every bit as good as Bale? But you know, like,
0: our, our audience are
2: intelligent. people. I would hope so, but the, I I, the, I never. I mean, look I, to me, Giggs is a guy who played with a tremendous supporting cast, and if you're passing the ball to Skulls and you've got Cole in York in front of you, and you've got Beckham on the other flank, and you've got Roy King scaring everybody, and you got Fergie on the bench, it's a bit different to me than the context in which in which Bale played, certainly at Spurs, and at Real Madrid were. You know, things were yeah, pretty dysfunctional.
3: Dross at Real Madrid,
2: isn't he? Drops. No, but but th- th- there's a level of dysfunctionality at Real Madrid that didn't exist at. at uh, yeah, but he, it,
0: and you, you're right. It's a, hypo- it's a It's a hypothetical because who knows what Gids would have done if he moved to Tottenham? He might have torn ta- torn up the lead as well. Yeah, maybe. But I, right. just, I just I just wonder. I think those two are whether Bale's better or Giggs is better. I don't know, but those two are roughly kind of <laughs> comparable, and I the quality of player Wales has now apart from. I mean, maybe what what Diz never had was a Ramsey. I guess he never had that kind of other world class player.
3: Well, he had a he had a manager who didn't think it was. He didn't even countenance the idea that it would make him a happier, better person, better player mm. if he played for his country.
2: We're going to look at transfers. We're going to, I think, go through this rather rather quickly because, of course, oh, the, I
3: thought you were going to say forensically.
2: Well, we can do it forensically too. The transfer window has come and gone. I, I to, make, to to refresh uh, your minds. Or refresh your memories. I put in the major ins and outs for uh, the top six. And we're gonna. Should we do this by highest net spend to lowest net spend, or do it in reverse order?
0: Let's do it highest to lowest.
2: All right. That would mean we start with Manchester City with a transfer .de approved transfer net spend of ninety nine point three million pounds. Obviously, Kevin De Bruyne, Sterling, Otamendi, Delph, blah blah blah. They got, it was a busy summer. No financial fair play shackles. Hughesy. What mark do you give them, as an A, B, C, D, F?
1: Give them an A so far, I think. The, the new players have settled in very well. Sterling's made a, made a, made a difference. Not see much of Delph and Otamendi yet, and De Bruyne hasn't played, but, I mean, right. the caveat is they've spent an awful lot of money, but they look to strengthen the team in the key positions, so they um, have done well.
2: you happy with the A? Uh,
0: it'll depend a little bit on how they settle. I, I've got to admit, I was a bit baffled by they started the season really well Navas looked really good they've still got Nasri on the bench obviously the price for De Bruyne kept going up so they just kept saying right well, we'll match that we'll match that we'll match that even as it became clearer and clearer they didn't really need him which I find a bit weird uh, I would say it's an A an A in theory a, it could be a B if not all of the players settle but yes they've done what they needed
2: to do yeah it's very easy after the fact if City get relegated you'll give them an F I mean they, right now we're talking about the moves they made you're happy with an A
0: yeah okay yeah
2: Alison?
3: Yeah, no, I'm happy with an A. No one seems to care anymore how much you spend. So if you can get away with it, spend it. Spend it wisely. Spend it relatively wisely.
2: Yeah, I, I think they could have got Otamendi for less. I think they probably could have gotten De Brina
3: But it doesn't for threaten. It doesn't threaten their existence that they overpay, does it? So. Well,
2: it might do because financial fair play is still around, and we don't know what UEFA is going to find in their accounts. And the restrictions have actually are actually tighter now. It's 30 million euros over three years. No longer forty-five over three years, but you know, we presume their accountants need to know what they're doing. The other thing, which I think is slightly weird, is the third striker situation. If Figueroa and Boney are both unavailable at the same time, you're looking at Sterling or this kid Ilanacho, the Nigerian kid, who's not really a centre forward and told him more than a second striker. I, know, I only saw him for that one minute he came on. That might be that, that might be an Patrick issue. Is
3: Patrick Roberts' chance to shine?
2: Is he a centre forward? He can play that. Right. Well please tell us more about Patrick Roberts. Well,
3: you know, he's 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 barely been seen by anybody. This, but is, you this have, is the because miraculous thing about it. You're
2: he, the Fulham expert. <laughs> who is Patrick Roberts? He's
3: a very intelligent young man with pace who can score goals and terrorise defences, but he's still terribly young and unproven. But I think if yeah. anyone all um scouts who've seen him play and people who've worked with him think he could be he could be the real And player. he's a centre forward? He can play centre forward. He's played wide and centre forward.
2: Okay, following on, in the order of uh, net spend, and this kind of surprised me because it's not a big net spend, and yet they were the second biggest spenders by net spend. Manchester United, 27.5 million pounds uh, net spend. If they hadn't sa- signed Anthony Martial uh, on the uh, final day of the transfer window, they would have actually made money in the transfer market. But they got Martial, Morgan Schneiderlin, uh, Memphis, Matteo Darmian, Schweini, and they sold... I think very well. Angel Di Maria, Chicharito, Johnny Evans, Van Persie, they got some money back for. Kuzi, again, your report card.
1: I think I'll give them a B. Um, I think they ended, they ended the window in some chaos, and the De Gea, De Gea shambles and the Martial fee obviously raised eyebrows. But if you look back to the start of the window, I thought they'd, they did well. they brought in some good players, decent prices. Damian is a very good player. Low fee, 14 million pounds. Schweinsteiger for six millions, probably a gamble worth taking. Schneiderlin is a good player who certainly would have improved Arsenal. In 25 isn't outrageous for him. Depay, Depay looks promising. I think the squad's unbalanced, and the big, the big caveat is the lack of a striker and the lack of support for Wayne Rooney. If he gets injured or has an has a, has a, indifferent a run of form, I think they're going to struggle for goals. But on balance, did seem to plug
2: most of the gaps. So. Yeah, B. Okay, I want I want Matt Hughes marking my papers, Roy.
0: <laughs> yeah, kind of B minus because of partly I, Hughes is absolutely spot on. They they were very. In fact, I did a piece in at the end of July that said they were being boringly sensible in the transfer market. Yeah, but did, then that all change? It, it did. It did all change. Schneidlin, Schweinsteiger, Depay, Damien, all sensible signings, not particularly overpriced. I'm not convinced Schweinsteiger. I think there's a reason Guardiola, Guardiola was happy to let Schweinsteiger leave. I think that has to be noted. Um, the Martial thing was weird. They've obviously overpaid for him. What I don't get about United is they've solved right back and central centre mid. How they've allowed themselves to kind of not have any depth really up front to the point now where it looks like Fellaini might be the backup striker. I think is bizarre. I'd, right. I'd, I'd have kept Chich- chicharrito I don't really understand what right. harm. And so in spite of all this, going would be minus. He was doing. I right. give him a B minus, maybe a C plus. But it dep- I know it's it's boring. It depends on how Martial settles in.
2: Acid.
3: Oh well, C or C minus. Thank you. Well, two two reasons. For, for the smaller reason, perhaps, is that if you look at all the clubs and who they've let go in this window, United's out list is the one that you, from which you could make quite a nice team i i it seems quite ruthless and odd to let so many you know i just i, I could read it i'm not going to read it it's really long list and it's the only one where you think oh he's a good player he's i mean johnny evans de maria hernandez robin van Persie. i could go on it's just I well, don't actually, know. You're going to be that ruthless. You're going to be that ruthless. You've got to have such a clever modus operandi in the transfer window of who you bring in, and it's not been clever. It's looked like right. it's been a bit hapless, a bit panicked. Um, I agree with. agree with Roy. There are some good things about it, and everyone agrees that Schneiderlin's a great player. Right. La 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 la. And Darmian's a good player. But you know, two good, two good signings, and the rest have been a bit. Oh, have they paid too eight. much? Are they fit? <laughs> And what is the grand plan?
2: All right, I'm going to give them a, a D for the very simple reason. that Obviously, they started out very well, very, very sensible at first, but fundamentally, they had three main objectives going from July 1st forward. One was getting an alternative to Wayne Rooney. I don't think Anthony Martial is that alternative, and they completely overpaid for him, which is surprising, having actually been sensible with the other ones, having sold Di Maria and Chicharito really, really well. Evans, I think they got a good fee for it, considering his injuries. Uh, the other one was they need help but in in defense i mean deadly Blint is not you, oh. you don't go through the season there i think they pretended they were going to sign romero as uh, romero sorry Sergio ramos that didn't happen do you not think they deserve a little bit of a pass in defense
0: on the grounds that there are so few top-class central defenders no
2: because it's a complete myth they they're, they're out there 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 are very good central center backs there out are there. but
0: they're all there's not there are very good center backs
2: out there a lot of them are, are clubs
0: where they won't consider going to Manchester United because there's no point going to Manchester United No, if you're there's Barcelona also a lot of football. them who
2: are not clubs that are not Barcelona and Real Madrid and Bayern Munich um, Are there? There's a lot of them Yes Who? Hey, I don't, I don't want to I'm, I'm not going to get into this we can have this on a future podcast um, because time is tight but this is to me this is one of those complete myths that, that all of a sudden there's no good centre centre backs around. It's just I think no, the no, no, thing.
0: No, no one's saying that. And my my no. point of view is that there are good centre backs around, but because they are comparatively rare at this point in time, they're they not. Are, it's
2: just a the perception.
0: They are extremely extremely expensive.
2: Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. Okay, fine. They, they could have spent fifty million and gotten or twenty million gotten Costas Manolis, for example, who I think is better than any of their current centre backs. That's to name one. Liverpool, net spend, $17.3 million. Again, Again, fairly contained. Um, they signed Christian Benteke, Roberto Firmino, Nathaniel Klein, Joe Gomez, James Miller, Adam Bogdan, Danny Ings. And, of course, they lost Raheem Sterling, plus a bunch of other reserve strikers. Alison, let's start with you.
3: Uh, well, what grade
2: do you give Brendan and the transfer committee? Uh,
3: let's see... I don't know. I don't think you can C. look at that list and think, "Oh, look who went out." You didn't. You didn't. You didn't. You didn't put Stephen Gerrard on the out.
2: No, I didn't put Stephen Gerrard on the out. She's
3: quite a big out. Okay,
2: and Stephen Gerrard. Should you give him a C?
3: And who have they replaced him with? James Milner. I don't know. It just, right, it just, know. It just looks a bit, a bit.
2: Rory. I, Sad. I would give
0: Brendan Rodgers an A, because all of the ones that are successful will be because of him, and the transfer <laughs> committee an F, because all of the ones that aren't will but be that, their
2: fault. That's in perpetuity.
0: Yes, <laughs> that is my... No, I think they like to see... I, I, I think the main thing with Liverpool is they've made some individually quite clever signings, and Klein's a perfectly good signing, Gomez looked like the pick of them, Milner's useful to have around. Dings. I, I Ings. <laughs> I think Danny Ings has made the worst... Choice of his career, nascent career, but I just don't get, don't quite know what the plan is with Liverpool. I don't think that what how how do you get them all? I, I, this is a bit old-fashioned, and people always say, "Oh, well, you know, you need you need a squad to rotate." I like it when teams sign players, and you think I see how they fit into their team.
2: And I with Liverpool, no think, idea. I, d- I, don't, I don't get it. Also because he changes his tactics, his formation and philosophy every so often. Which you
0: can say is a good thing, but it yeah. can also be a bad thing.
2: Yeah, it's, it's a good thing when it's part of a plan. It's not a good thing yeah. when it's some kind sort of reactionary... Well, it's not a good reactionary thing
3: if it's not who you are. He's, he, he got the Liverpool job by claiming to have a very strong, rigid, idealistic philosophy. And he's now become somebody who has the most flexible, it's not, you can't call it philosophy, it doesn't exist anymore, the mm. most flexible approach to football there is.
2: Using you agree on Liverpool?
1: I give them a C. I think they've done well. I think they've offloaded, and certainly in terms of the money, the raised to Sterling, and getting rid of three problem players in Barini, Balatelli. Balotelli, Balotelli.
2: And Lambert is not a problem, but clearly not good enough Liverpool. All right, Chelsea net spend £16.9 marginally less than uh, Liverpool. Uh, They signed Pedro, Baba Rachman, who I don't think most people had heard of before he arrived, Asmir Begovic to back up Thibaut Courtois, Papi Gilobogi, who was marginally less well-known than Baba Rachman, but cost a hell of a lot less, Radamel Falcao, and of course they lost Peter Cech, Felipe Luis, and Didier Drogba, uh, among others. Uh, Rory? I think it probably has to be a B because, although they haven't
0: done probably the two things that they didn't, that it became clear they needed to do, so central defence and central midfield, they've got problems. I think they until so you give them
2: a B, yeah, well, That's I, so generous, isn't but it? I think
0: they 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 replaced Cech well. They've I think Pedro's an excellent okay. signing. I think Baba Rachman will
2: do, do well. I they replaced the backup goalkeeper well. They've replaced that their backup give them a B. Okay, but the backup right. goalkeeper.
0: The, the, the key point with Chelsea is that, that they were in a position of strength, especially with the way Mourinho works. It's hard for him to bring in players around the fringes. The one thing I would say that maybe makes me think it might be a B- minus is Chelsea've got to sort out this thing about signing winners, not playing them, then getting rid of them. It's ridiculous.
2: it's, it's a brilliant plan.
1: Husey? I think Rory's being a bit generous on this occasion, which is most unlikely. I might give him a, a C, I think. Most of the players have brought in are backup players, really, aren't they? We don't even know if Rackman's going to play that much. He, he might... Play a bit more now, given Ivana Mijat's poor start, and he could swap Aspinalequeta to right back and play Rackman. But otherwise, they've just tried When it comes to Pedro, they found loads of subs, and there are a couple of issues not not being addressed. I mean, the centre back issue was a mess. Why they spent two months trying to get Stones couldn't didn't read the signals well, and then made a last minute attempt to get signed Marquinhos, another A grade player from a big club who were in no position to sell him that's a mess and they haven't I'm amazed they didn't find a center midfield player since January mm. kind of Matic the uh, all-conquering Matic has been kind of treading water really Fabregas has looked tired and two of them together against good opposition
2: well, be Mikel's. Work.
1: and they've not they've not solved it and don't mm. give me Mikel Ram- Ramirez They've not been good enough for 10 years. They're not going to be
2: good enough now. John, well, they, 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 you, know, you wouldn't know because you don't get to see John McCall, But he's very well rested. So w- what's your, <laughs> your overgrade using? C.
3: C. Alison? Um, I tend to agree with Matt, actually. It's a
2: C. Arsenal uh, relatively contained net spend of 8.4 million. People pointing out, oh, look, you didn't sign any outfield players. Ha, ha, ha. Yuck, yuck, yuck. They did get Peter Check. I think we've exploded the myth that he's worth 12 to 15 points to Arsenal single-handedly. Usually your grade,
1: C. Maybe even a C minus. So, so, so depressing. Being an Arsenal fans because whatever, whatever you do, whatever you, whatever you say, whatever happens on the pitch, nothing, nothing ever changes. I mean, if ever there was a year for Arsenal to strengthen and kick on with Chelsea having a few problems and Man United in a state of transition, then this was clearly it. But of course, no Venger knows best. Olivier Giroud is going to turn into the best striker ever Francis Corane is a new quad Mcleally and everything will be fine no one, right. will, no, one will, no, no one will ever get injured and they'll win the league it's okay thank you Stuart fa- Robson fan- 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 fantasy isn't it thank you Stuart um, <laughs> Roy am I, am I
0: wrong no Susie <laughs> is entirely right uh, I think probably a C to quote a line we will hear a lot on this podcast from November I feel desperately sorry for the fans um, the, um... <laughs> yeah I find it it astonishing. So, Arsenal finished 12 points off Chelsea last season. So, even assuming that none of the other clubs improve at all, Vendor appears to have taken literally the idea that Peter Chet is worth 12 to 15
2: points. And And Jack Wilshere being fit is like a new signing. We've heard this before. Uh, Alison?
3: Yes, see, simply for the fact that having got Cech, the sense of smugness seems to have sort of blinded the the, 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 club. You guys are all sounding like Gary
2: Neville, arrogant smugness. What, What do you do? A- no, I'm. I'm going to give them a, a, a B because I think this is what they tried to do. The, the guy has a. The guy has a plan. We may not agree with it, but this is how he's been operating for the last 15 years. You could say much the same about God. Tottenham Hotspur, after uh, two consecutive years of making a profit in the transfer market, they actually have a net spend this year. It's only three hundred thousand pounds. They signed uh, Toby Alderweireld, who a lot of people seem to really like. Clinton and G, who I think has a. Potentially a big future, but also some issues. Kieran Trippier, who was my favorite Burnley player last year, and a guy who I think has gone totally under the radar in Heung Min Son, uh, around about 23, 24 million okay. pounds. Everybody's like, oh my God, Barahito. And look, and here's this weird Korean dude nobody's ever heard of. I think the guy's a player. Um, of course, I thought Lamella was a player too. So, you know, you can all laugh at me later, but at least Lamella's still there. Allison.
3: Uh, B-plus would have been an A if they'd managed to be clever about getting Berrojino in because he, he I'd like to see Berrojino at a club where he wants to be and at a bigger club to see how good he is. and
2: um, They try, but Jeremy Peace in spite of his name is the devil.
3: Both parties were a bit dodgy <laughs> there. They have sold well. All the players that stirred a giggle last season have gone.
0: I think B, again, I think th- th- there's this thing about if they got another striker... Then fine. A sort of out and out striker. Son, I think, might play wide a lot, or as a kind of 10. I think he's an excellent player. I think Alderweireld's a sensible signing, and G, I think he'll largely be a substitute. Kieran Trippier, I genuinely like having seen Burnley, not just having. Uh, Decided that he's my favourite Burnley player. I think Trippier's excellent. Although in a position where they didn't really need strengthening, just Kyle Walker's not a bad right-back.
2: Yeah, but he gets hurt and Trippier had the most touches in the Premier League last season. It's he also there.
0: he also put the most crosses in in the Premier League last season, I
2: think. Well, um, Burnley did the same thing over and over again, so it's not that hard. Then he should yeah. be really
0: good at it, shouldn't he? He is. Um, <laughs> Lots of practice. The, um, I think, yeah, that sometimes we get a little bit sort of bogged down in looking at one element of the transfer window... And lose slightly bit of picture. Yes, Spurs needed a striker, but it was only a second striker. They didn't. They, they don't. They didn't need a, f- a front line striker. They got Harry Kane. Uh, so I'd say B, be, uh, better than everybody thinks they've done.
2: Right. Time now for some quick hits. Uh, Northern Ireland are on the brink of qualification after beating the Pharaohs two one. Uh, Alison, they topped their group and they're guaranteed at least a place in the playoffs. What's the secret of their success? And can you answer the question without mentioning Team Spirit and Unity and Michael O'Neill?
3: Okay, will do. Sort of the opposite of what's happening with Wales. Uh, Northern Ireland don't have any stars to build the team round. Um,
2: Kyle Lafferty thanks you. Yeah, He but looks like a star, though. He's a very handsome he, man. He
3: looks like a star when he's playing for Northern Ireland, and that's the point. That it's the opposite because they've got players that are much of a muchness, but they've, they've worked out to get how to get the most from what they do have. So their set pieces are practiced and incredibly effective.
2: Okay, so the David de Gea for Kaylor Navas and cash swap did not happen. Usually, your thoughts on the spin and re- recrimination that followed. Both to blame? Both sackable offences?
1: Yeah, they clearly are both to blame. But I think, ultimately, if you're, if you're the buying club, it's down to you to get things in order. And it did seem extraordinary that Real Madrid have been attempting to unsettle De Gea and kind of... Agitate had to take for this deal for about a year and they left it until the last day of the Spanish transfer when they actually make a bid.
2: Scotland lose away to Georgia, and now things get really, really tough for Gordon Strachan as their next game is against the world champions, uh, Germany. Uh, he says he's hugely disappointed, Rory. Uh, what are the chances that Scotland are the only home nation not to make it?
0: They could still finish third, the Scots. Um, that might be wishful thinking. Uh, it will depend on how the Irish do. But that said, having followed the fortunes of the Scottish national team for some time... Because uh, your
2: great-grandfather, because or your grandfather played for Scotland.
0: No, my grandfather did not. My grandfather played for Coventry in Birmingham. He did not play for Scotland. He was Scotland. Scottish? I, no, the other side of the family is Scottish. All right. Uh, the, I would say this, and that is that I have never been more certain that Scotland would lose a football match than away in Georgia. Okay. So is
3: the K for Rory Kate Smith kilt?
0: It is kilt, yes. There you go. We've, kilt is actually hyphenated <laughs> <highlighted>. kilt sporran.
2: <laughs> it's been... Uh, it's been uh, uh, um, all's been revealed. After seeing his transfer to Tottenham collapse, Saido Berrino tweets he'll never play for Jeremy Peace again. Actually, the way he phrased it, it's kind of funny, because it says, like, I will never play Jeremy Peace so I thought like he was referring to the Pearl Jam classic, but no. Now Gordon Taylor of the PFA says, "Don't worry, folks. He's going to play." Alison, Barrington doesn't really have an option. He he has to play, doesn't he?
3: Uh, well, he's entitled to feel miffed. I don't think he's entitled to go on strike. The club are going to give him probably going to give him this contract where it's it's made very clear the price at which he will be allowed to be released. So they're just going to try and get him to play, knowing that he will go for twenty five million without it being a weird add on deal. Uh, in January or next summer so he needs to play to prove that someone should spend that amount of money on him so all's well that ends well
2: there you go play nice come on Daniel Jeremy Ireland beat Gibraltar 4-0 as Robbie Keane bags two goals Hughie, um, I bet you never expected he'd be within a single international goal of the legendary Gerd Muller though so he's kind of lame because he still needs another 41 to catch the uh, international all-time record holder which is Ali Dai who has 109 can you assess his stature in the game?
1: Well, in Ireland, he's a com- complete legend, clearly, but also in Euro- European terms, his feats are not quite peerless, but certainly up there with the very best. think he's a, the fourth highest European goal scorer ever after Gerd Muller, Closer and Pushkas. So he's keeping him um, pretty pretty good company. And again, it, sh- it shows what, what can be to if you if you start your career young like where Mooney and
2: continue Iceland have qualified for the Euros which is quite an achievement for a nation of 320,000 Roy, I suspect you have a bit of a man crush on these guys since you wrote about them on Saturday or maybe you're just forced to do it Uh, please tell us more
0: Uh, I I wasn't forced to do it I volunteered to do it um yeah, amazing story. The, the best single football story that the Euros next summer will will boast, regardless of your national allegiance. Lars Lagerback, one of the two coaches, he likes having a partner, Lars Lagerback, I think that's very sweet. <laughs> he's the Swedish guy who used to manage Sweden with Tommy Svensson, took Sweden to five straight tournaments, which is amazing in itself. Now, almost took Iceland to the World Cup in 2013.
2: Those evil uh, Croatians that the, ruined everything.
0: The Croats ruined it. Um, he's now managed to get them to their first ever major tournament. They won't win the Euros, but they have a lot of unity, team spirit and togetherness, Gab, which I know you'll like. They'll be tough to beat. The best scale of of what they've done, they had a really tough group with the Czechs, the Turks and the Dutch. They have won home and away against the Dutch, which leads me nicely onto a question for you, Gab. Oh, yes. Because surely Holland bounced back from that defeat to Iceland, and now everything's back on track, right?
2: (laughs) No, in (laughs) fact, Rory... Uh, they went to Turkey, gobble, gobble, and got gobble, gobbled. 3-0 uh, was the defeat. Absolutely horrendous uh, defending, um, putting line to the uh, idea that, you know, once you get rid of the goose hitting and bring in uh, Danny Blint, everything's going to be fine. No, it was worse. The defending somehow, I think, got even first. Diffen de Fry was terrible. Danny Blind was terrible. Bruno Martins Indy, no surprise. He was terrible, too. There's a total dysfunction, and you can go back and read this as saying Van an absolute genius for getting them as far as he did in the World Cup. There's probably a lot of truth in that because there is a serious lack of serious ability in this team. Jasper Sillison, also awful. Um, I think United fans dodged a bullet there if that was ever in the in the works. Yeah, you know, obviously they're going to they're going to reform and they're going to relaunch with uh, with youth. But um, it does put I think some of those World Cup achievements in uh, in real perspective.
0: They can still get a playoff spot though, can't they?
2: They can still get a playoff spot, yes, and because you know. the Turks have to go to Iceland. Yeah, but Iceland have qualified, so yes, I'm sure Iceland will off, be yeah, yeah. will be good. Right, that's all we've got time for today. Many, many thanks to my guests today, Rory K. Smith and Alison Rudd, who joined me in the studio. I'm Matt Hughes, who took time out from his long journey to St. Was it St. George's you're going to? No,
1: they're at Tottenham training
2: today, so all around the M25. Twice. Ooh, there you go, um, Tottenham in beautiful Enfield. Please, you can press that subscribe button if you haven't already, and you can uh, hear us every week. Uh, Till next week, bye-bye.
3: Your
0: subscription to The Times and The Sunday Times now comes with access to every Barclays Premier League goal. Refresh your app, choose your team, accept notification, and you're away.
3: Planning for your next trip?